you're listening to the Nonprofit Buildup Podcast, and I'm your host, Nick Campbell. I want to support movements that can interrupt cycles of injustice and inequity and shift power towards vulnerable and marginalized communities. I've spent years working in and with nonprofits and philanthropies, and I know how important infrastructure is to outcomes. On this show, we'll talk about how to build capacity to transform the way you and your organization work. Hi, everyone. It's Crystal, BuildUp's communications manager. This week on the nonprofit BuildUp, Nick is speaking with Asta and Thaddeus of Social Impact Commons. Social Impact Commons is a nonprofit organization created to meet the evolving needs of the fiscal sponsorship community. SIC is building the first national network and community of practice, advancing management commons as a model of equitable and inclusive resource sharing for the nonprofit sector a.k.a. a next-generation approach to fiscal sponsorship. Asta is the Chief Financial Steward of Social Impact Commons with over 20 years of experience on strategic financial management, diverse use of technology, and organizational capacity development, having managed a $200 million portfolio of systems, strengthening activities across 20 countries globally. Thaddeus is the Social Impact Chief Commons Steward with over 20 years of experience in nonprofit management, focusing on arts and cultural heritage. He's also the founder of Hidden City Philadelphia and Culture Works Greater Philadelphia, the first comprehensive fiscal sponsor focusing on arts and heritage. And with that, here's Nick's conversation with Asta and Thaddeus. Hi, Asta and Thaddeus. Welcome to the Nonprofit Buildup. I'm really excited for our conversation today. I think it's going to be a great conversation. And to get us started, can you tell us about Social Impact Commons, introduce each of yourselves briefly, and just talk about your immediate priorities, particularly given our current environment. Sure. Thank you, Nick. It's great to be here. Thank you for having us. Uh, So Thaddeus Squire, I'm Chief Commons Steward of Social Impact Commons, and we are a supporting organization for the fiscal sponsor ecosystem nationally. We also support organizations that may not call themselves fiscal sponsors, but essentially are umbrellas for multiple entities or missions in the nonprofit space. We call those multi-mission managers. And we provide a wraparound holistic suite of supports from advisory to day-to-day management support to shared technology, tools, policies, templates, and all the things you need to operate as a fiscal sponsor at a high level and with an eye towards equity and inclusion. Hi, everybody. My name is Asta Petkivichute, and I'm a Chief Financial Steward at Social Impact Commons. And besides the direct support to our community, we also are really interested in playing a larger role of true movement building towards more collaboration, partnership, and cross-sharing, because we truly believe that only by collaborating and sharing, we would be able to achieve and make a significant change for our sector and for the communities that we serve. Well, thank you both. And so I have lots of questions just even following your brief intros. So the first question is for you, Thaddeus, and it's, what is a chief commons steward? What do you spend most of your time doing and focusing on in that role? It's a great question. And we have some very unorthodox titles, but they come from a particular intention. First of all, we're a very small team. So we're all chief cooks and bottle washers, which is a familiar story in any startup. 
We all do a little bit of everything from strategy down to very mundane technical things to keep our organization moving and our members supported. But just to talk about the titles and uh, stewardship is really a manager of a commons. It's a, it's a term that's used in the commoning world. We believe and view the nonprofit sector as essentially a commons sector, a sector that manages public trust resources for public benefit or shared benefit. And as such, it really resembles closely what has historically been known as a commons or commoning. And a commons is any resource that is shared by an open but defined community of beneficiaries. And it's one of the most ancient ways that we have developed as humans to manage resources together. So commoning is endemic to every indigenous culture around the world and dates back thousands of years since humans began to organize themselves and the things around them. So it's a very old idea that we see embedded in the nonprofit space and one that also serves a lot of very contemporary and urgent needs around equity, inclusion, justice, and access, uh, all of which are central to the commoning world. And so in the choice of our titles for ourselves, we wanted to reference those values and that we're not necessarily officers or unilateral deciders or owners. We are stewards. And so we, we preferred not to mimic the language and concepts of the private sector, which we often do in the nonprofit sector, but really embrace what we see as its intrinsic element of stewardship which is just basically a manager. It's a caretaker, a keeper. We don't own the resources that we provide. We steward them for our members. I really like that concept and it resonates with me because especially when you talked about being a caretaker of these resources, that that entire concept just really, again, resonates really deeply with me. And we talked about community and the role that Impact Commons has in supporting and maintaining the community of of fiscal sponsors. I'd love if you could talk a little bit more about the kinds of fiscal sponsors that you tend to work with. Are you working only with fiscal sponsors? Are you working with fiscally sponsored projects? Do you have a certain size of fiscal sponsor, for example, just to really understand more about what that community looks like and the kinds of organizations that could be working with you? Sure. We currently support about 20 nonprofit organizations that are in various sizes and shapes and stages of fiscal sponsorship. Our model is to be what's called a supporting organization, a type one supporting organization. And while that may sound super geeky and esoteric, it really is basically a member governed nonprofit. So in cleaving to our commoning ideals, we wanted our member organizations to have a stake and to be you know, literal shareholders in the commons. And so that's the form we've taken. So we have 20 member orgs and they run the gamut from startup practices and organizations to very large established fiscal sponsors. We now have a, a couple that are over a, an eight-figure or even nine-figure budget. So it's it's pretty diverse. More than 70% of our members are BIPOC-led and serving and identify as such. We're seeing tremendous growth in the field along those lines and seeing communities that are seeing fiscal sponsorship as a manifestation of the solidarity economy and a way to develop support systems that are culturally specific and different from the predominantly white-led nature of the nonprofit sector in general. So that's a growing constituency out there. But it really is quite diverse also in life stage and, and size and also who what fields they're serving. We have arts and culture fiscal sponsors. We have multi-practice or multi-field fiscal sponsors, we have folks that exclusively focus on HH, uh, health and human services. Sorry, it's going to drop an acronym, health and human services. 
So it's very diverse. And maybe Austin, you can talk a little bit about what we occasionally do with projects and some other stakeholders in the funding world. Yes, absolutely. I think a couple more additions to that is what you already have shared. One is we truly believe that we need more effective multi-mission managers in the community, in the nonprofit sector overall. And we are here to create resources and support these organizations that are interested in becoming multi-mission managers. So that's just one item that I would want to make sure that your listeners hear. And we receive a lot of requests and interest from a number, especially rural communities that don't have strong nonprofit presence, (laughs) but they continuously have ideas for what kind of uh, nonprofit programming they would want to create. So we really hope one of our ways to collaborate in that instance is to do a cohort way of creating multiple (laughs) multi-mission managers at the same time. As long as you have a vision, you have an interest, you have the community that you serve, we're here to help you overcome a number of obstacles that might be in your way, just from learning about what fiscal sponsorship is to how do you structure it, how do you create your own, how do you adjust your own systems to really provide those services. So we really hope that nonprofit sector as a whole and independent organizations start to think of sharing their infrastructure might be a way to not only enhance their community and enable their community to provide better services, but also could be a revenue support, a revenue challenge, a revenue generation opportunity for them. So that's one thing. But then beyond fiscal sponsors, current fiscal sponsors or fiscal sponsors that desire or organizations that desire to be fiscal sponsors, we also do work with funders as well as individuals, as well as fiscal sponsees in helping them to think through, is this the right time to leave? Are there other fiscal sponsors that might serve me better? We do work with the funders from the perspective of helping them to think through what is their lens around fiscal sponsors, fiscal sponsees relationship versus independent 501c3 granting opportunities, helping and guiding them through their own systems on what should they track if it's a fiscal sponsorship relationship versus independent organization relationship, as well as just helping organizations, for-profits, non-profits, as well as individuals interested in co-management to have a conversation. So we do encourage, we do have an individual membership that is free for anyone who is interested in the nonprofit sector overall and in the sharing management opportunities and approaches. We invite everybody to join our individual membership as well as join our conversations that are happening every second Thursday online over Zoom on a number of topics from what is the equitable contracting principles to what is the business model of the sharing to many other topics as well. And you are able to see some of the topics right on our website. I think that's great. And it sounds like the community is really diverse in lots of different ways, which is really encouraging. And you're talking about working with fiscal sponsors, projects, funders for projects, organizations that are thinking of becoming fiscal sponsors. And it really sounds like you are engaging in the sector with lots of different perspectives. So I would love it if you all could talk about what you have been seeing in fiscal sponsorship over the years, because I think that where you all are sitting is giving you such a vantage point to speak about 
this is what we've seen in terms of how fiscal sponsorship has evolved throughout the years within the sector, how people are thinking about it now. I remember, you know, just a, a few years ago where there lots of folks didn't even know what fiscal sponsors were. And so now, you know, fast forward just a couple of years where we have lots of organizations talking about fiscal sponsorship and social impact commons creating a community where where fiscal sponsorship is is at its core. So I just love to hear your thoughts and perspective on fiscal sponsorship within the sector. To answer that question, it's a great question. We may want to start at the sector level and say where is this whole thing called the nonprofit sector going? <laughs> And what's around the corner for it, particularly in light of the tremendous and much needed uptick in work in social justice, as well as the response to the pandemic and other stresses and strains on our social fabric in general that the sector addresses. I think, you know, we have a sector that is incredibly pluralistic and profligate in a good way. There are lots of people that wake up every day wanting to do something for their fellow human. And we need to encourage that. So we we certainly agree with the proliferation of mission and social benefit work. But where we see the problem is the growth of independent infrastructure, namely nonprofit formation, legal formation, and sort of the duplication of all this infrastructure to support that work. And to date, historically, particularly in this country, we equate independent mission with independent formation and everything else. I've got to have my own copier, my own legal formation, et cetera. And we certainly, you can do things that way, but we see that as a false axiom. It is possible, but not necessary. And moreover, the sector, if you just look at the infrastructure, is growing unsustainably. There is no way that we can pay for the cost of all this infrastructure, nor is that infrastructure actually necessary to support the proliferation of vision and mission. And so we need to consolidate infrastructure in the interest of allowing more thousands of flowers to bloom. And that is a fundamentally different viewpoint on the sector than most of the people out there sort of have. You know, the fiscal and, and this gets to our narrative about fiscal sponsorship. So fiscal sponsorship is a is a very old field that is just coming into its own at a very critical juncture for the sector overall. You know, it was started in the late 50s purportedly by TS and Mission Works, an organization in Boston is credited with sort of having cast the first stone. And it has certainly grown since then. We estimate there's somewhere between 500 and 1,000 fiscal sponsors across the country. Largely, the view of fiscal sponsors is as an incubator platform for projects that are becoming or work that's going to become an independent nonprofit at some point, or for work that is temporary or one-off, right? And one of the big narrative shifts that's happening is from that view of fiscal sponsorship to fiscal sponsorship is a permanent restructuring solution for the sector, most pointedly for the small scale organizations out there. So much of nonprofit work is hyper-local. It does not have a scaling model. We cannot assume that every nonprofit that's formed is going to scale up and be a multi-million dollar nonprofit. They shouldn't be because a lot of what they do is really dependent upon that hyper-local and deliberate small scale. And that's the value. The quandary there is how do you get infrastructure under those small organizations that don't have space in their budget to pay for their own finance person or whatever. So, you know, fiscal sponsorship, particularly Model A fiscal sponsorship, can be a powerful vehicle to provide commonized shared management for those organizations. And I, you know, if I could wave a magic wand, you know, I would love to see, you know, the 80-some percent of the 1.2 million nonprofits that are out there come under the umbrellas of various either 
identity focused or regional focused or field focused fiscal sponsors and share more collectively management at a sort of local regional level. You know, I want to add just to be clear, you know, our vision is not possibly the vision of Silicon Valley that all this stuff should just be thrown up on the cloud and that's the solution for everything. I don't think that works. <laughs> we need real humans doing real work on a local level and managed, you know, relating to kind of local infrastructure. I also don't think it means creating more gargantuan fiscal sponsors. I think there's a value to kind of mid-size and local and also culturally specific, identity-specific fiscal sponsors. That's the level, the layer of the, in the infrastructure ecosystem that we need to build out. And so we see the nonprofit sector desperately needing a fundamental restructuring, and we see fiscal sponsorship as certainly not a silver bullet, but one of the best solutions to get to that otherwise perennially un- imponderable problem. <laughs> so that's kind of the big picture view and how it's, how it's situated. And that's why it's really critical we develop capacity for the field at this point. Yeah, and if I may add, the other axis that we see is the fact an interest from the fiscal sponsees as well as fiscal sponsors to incorporate equitable design principles to make their program more, not only more effective for the communities that they serve, but also utilizing more collaborative principles from sharing at the governance level, sharing at the programming level, and more deeper collaboration and uh, knowledge sharing at all levels of engagement. So we feel that for fiscal sponsors, it's no longer appropriate to just provide shared services and shared infrastructure and do the accounting, as that sometimes is, is assumed that that's what fiscal sponsors, this is the only responsibility that fiscal sponsors have. It's really more about how do you share that is also important? How do you make sure that you take fiscal sponsees' opinions into consideration when you think about additional services? So for me, equity, equitable design of the fiscal sponsorship program. For us, it's very important. And we think this is the only way that fiscal sponsors could really keep up with the community needs. So that's one thing. But then beyond that, what we also see with fiscal sponsors, we see an interest as well as from the optimization perspective, a huge opportunity is really deepening the service proposition. It's no longer enough, in some cases, yes, in some cases, not just to be the accountant. It's really more of a, a many fiscal sponsors see the value in building through collaborative partnerships with a community. One of the supports and services that we provide is a deep portfolio analysis for fiscal sponsors to better understand how many engagements do they have and what type of engagements do they have and how effective they are. So impact measures, key performance indicators are important aspects that our organization focuses on. And we feel that that's the other area that we envision more and more fiscal sponsors will focus their attention in order to provide optimal services for the communities. So many fiscal sponsors started to think about fundraising supports, for example. None of them are highlighting that that's something (laughs) that they provide, but more and more of them are thinking about how they could more effectively engage fundraising, bring in fundraising supports for their communities. It's really helpful just to see and hear you talk about the role that fiscal sponsors 
have been playing, particularly as we look across the landscape now, at, particularly in where we are in 2022, and then the role that they can play. And there's something that you mentioned, Asa, that I want to talk about a little bit more is equitable design. So that, that really piqued my interest. And I wanted to hear more about how you have seen that work well. Where have you seen equitable design really come into play? Is it sitting within the fiscal sponsor structure? Is it sitting within the project itself and how they're structuring their relationship with the project or how they're uh, setting up the project altogether? Or is it both? I just would love to hear what equitable design looks like where you've seen, uh, where you can take a step back and say, that was really well done. Yes, we definitely have a number of examples of working with our members on deepening their equitable principles. And it all starts with the culture and values of fiscal sponsor and of their community and how well those are aligned, not only at the communications level, but also at the action level, right? How are we walking the talk in a sense? And that's what, uh, where we really focus. So for example, you know, one of the things that we've done in the last half a year is created templates, contracting for both Model A and Model C fiscal sponsorship, specifically to incorporate a more of a partnership language in fiscal sponsorship agreements and more of a common language in fiscal sponsorship agreements to really represent that this is a collaborative relationship and not just risk management agreement, (laughs) that usually that's the lens that we get taking out the legalese because we shouldn't be expecting that every community member feel comfortable reading legal documents written in a in legal language. So adding in additional guidelines and, and quick references so that any fiscal sponsee and their related advisory board could reference. So that's one of the examples, uh, I would say, from of the equitable design principles that we are incorporating and helping fiscal sponsors to think through. The other equitable design principle that I think about often is actually how boards of the fiscal sponsors are involved and aware of the fiscal sponsees that these organizations carry and how those two communities are interrelated and are informing each other. So we feel it's important to con- for fiscal sponsors to consider fiscal sponsees' presence at the board committee level and so on to really creating that balanced conversation at all layers of the organization. Thaddeus, do you want to I'm sure you have a couple other examples that come to your mind from the equitable design principles that we've done in the last year. There are other isolated examples, but I think just to add to your comments, I mean, you know, the the entire conversation around equity, diversity, inclusion, and access is very complicated. You know, there's a lot of dimensions to it. And it's also very much situational as well. You know, those design principles may show up differently in a majority BIPOC led and governed fiscal sponsor versus a majority white led and governed fiscal sponsor. So there's, you know, context does matter in terms of power structures and relationships. On that point, we don't really talk enough about that in our in our sector. You know, it's not a it's not a single brush that we can just paint with. And of course, all of the ideas, the social justice impetus for talking about equity, diversity, inclusion, and access is still, I think, unfortunately, embraced by a lot of folks as a programmatic as an object, it's something that's, you know, we can go get some, get some of that. (laughs) 
it's not a program. It's not a staff position. It's a way of thinking and being in the world and also a set of assumptions about how you design and create structures and systems that are just. And, you know, in our view, there's sort of three attributes or we tend to focus. They're not the only three attributes, but we tend to focus on kind of three elements when working with sponsors in terms of how they think about policy, practice, legal structure. It's something that permeates all of those elements of, of an organization. You know, one is power sharing and not, you know, sort of how are you designing to not consolidate power, particularly with groups that have been traditionally in power, especially if that's the case. How do you share power with your projects? How do you engage projects in the governance process? And how do they have a, a, a say, have a stake, literally? So power sharing is one piece of it. Another is cultural competency. So are you do you do you understand whether that's language-based, culture-based, you know, ethnic-based? Do you understand the situatedness of the folks you're serving and supporting enough to be able to effectively support them with appropriate supports that maybe literally speak their language? but in other ways, share their values. You know, so, so cultural competency is a big piece of it. You know, we also think about processes and structure as being an essential, uh, essentially access. You know, how accessible are the systems and the resources that you are providing financially, knowledge-based, physically, intellectually, emotionally? Those are all points of access. So are you accessible? Are you culturally competent and are you committed to sharing, deliberately sharing power and specifically empowering people who have not traditionally been empowered? And I think those are all design principles. They're not necessarily things you check off a list, but they're ways of, you know, if I have to cook up a policy around reimbursements, how can I design that process and that form and everything to meet those three, if you will, criteria or design ideas? at the end of the day. And that will show up differently in every organization. It's not a paint by numbers process. So every org is going to have their own interpretations of those design principles, but the design principles are key to hold in the forefront when you're thinking about anything from the most banal you know, policy to how your board is structured, right? And how you structure your staff. That's how that shows up. And we see commenting itself as a sort of intrinsically supportive set of ideas. So commenting rests likewise on three principles, ongoing learning and knowledge sharing, peer governance, which is kind of the commenting world way of saying share power, and then real clarity on structure and the resources that you're sharing. You know, So be clear about what's being commonized, make sure it's governed by the people who benefit by it, and keep the learning cycle going because it's it's an ongoing learning process for everybody. And those are tenants that, that are very well articulated in the cooperative world, but not yet in the fiscal sponsorship world. So we're trying to bring that to, to, to bear. Yeah, this is just so spot on, right? And I, I really like how you're thinking of equity as being embedded in the fiber of the organization. It is not something that you just point to and say, see, because of that, we are equitable. So I just really like you reinforcing that point and also talking about how it can then show up in the different tools that you have. But really at its core, you should look and see whether or not equity is actually embedded in the way you work, the way you approach things internally, as well as with partners. So and we're talking even about legal agreements. And I think that that's a really good example where, you know, we just kind of say, well, now you've got to sign this contract and it looks completely 
the opposite of how you've been engaging to that point, you have to realize this is yet another part of your relationship. So just even bringing that out as well is just really powerful. And so as I think about the role that Impact Commons plays, you're a nonprofit yourselves, you're working with lots of different organizations. If I'm a fledgling organization, I've just filed for my C3 status, why would I go to a fiscal sponsor as opposed to heading to Impact Commons and saying, let me join your community. Let me start to engage with you uh, the way that we've been talking about, learn more about equitable design and start to build up my infrastructure with the support of Impact Commons, right? So you're, you're talking financial support and compliance and programmatic. It really does run the gamut in terms of how you're supporting different organizations. So I'd love to see, you know, where do you fit Right. When we talk about the nonprofit sector, the kinds of support and resources you're offering, who you're working with, how do you see yourselves like playing with the fiscal sponsors? Why wouldn't an organization just go with you as opposed to a fiscal sponsor? Do you see yourself sort of off, not off to the side, but, you know, just helping everyone a little? I'm just trying to understand how you all are thinking about the role that you're playing in the sector, why you thought, you know, social impact commons should exist, like what gap you were identifying. And then that's really come through in our conversation when we're talking about the way you're approaching the work. But I just love to hear how you all are, are thinking about it and where your positioning is within the sector. Well, first of all, I mean, the, what we were just talking about in terms of equitable design can and should apply to any nonprofit, regardless of what your mission is. So, you know, that's not something that's like uniquely relevant to fiscal sponsors and irrelevant to others. So it's relevant to everybody. There is a possible future that has crossed my mind where a lot of these ideas around nonprofit design, we start to offer them out more generally to any nonprofit organization, regardless of what you are in your in the overall sector. That's not what we're doing at the moment per se, but we, you know, we ourselves are not a fiscal sponsor. So we we exist to support fiscal sponsors in their work. And in that capacity, often find ourselves supporting projects that are fiscally sponsored under those sponsors. And occasionally have projects that come to us, like a nonprofit that just formed saying, should I continue down this nonprofit's path or go with a become part of a fiscal sponsor? And that's my operating model. And so that does happen. We're not necessarily our first community we serve is not necessarily the project community. It's this fiscal sponsor community, but we do get inquiries from projects to help them think through that process. Really, the question for that new organization would be, do you want to be a shared infrastructure provider or do you have some other mission that is a direct service mission? I'm you know, going to be a community benefit org or I'm going to provide healthcare services or I'm an arts and culture organization. You know, There's lots of single mission nonprofits. That's most of our sector. Fiscal sponsors are really intermediaries. They exist one level up in the infrastructure kind of ecosystem. And that's our main focus for support. But, you know, we do have conversations with new nonprofits about sort of the choice of where do they want to go? Do they want to be a shared provider or do they want to focus on a real direct service, direct program model, whatever that is that they, they want to do? But we really saw the need for more supporting infrastructure for the people that provide supporting infrastructure. So we're shared management for the shared managers, <laughs> sort of akin to the reinsurance industry for the insurance industry. You know, so people that provide, you know, security for others need their own security. And that's where we come in. In the co-op world, there are a lot of alliances of co-ops. So co-ops you could see as sort of shared 
you know, resources for a group of stakeholders. And there are many alliances that help the co-ops work better. And that's really akin to kind of where we are in the ecosystem. But it's sometimes hard to sort that out for new nonprofits. And so it's an interesting conversation and comes up quite a bit. In a sense, we all feel as if we are a Mondragon corporation for the cooperatives in Spain, right? I don't know if you know much about Mondragon, but it's one of the largest supporting organizations for for a, a large cooperative infrastructure that is across Spain. And We've identified a need for social impact commons by running fiscal sponsorship programs ourselves. Mm. We've observed that in our yearly gatherings at National Network of Fiscal Sponsorship, we seem to identify similar, consistently similar issues, and there's really no way for people to help us. And at the same time, the needs of fiscal sponsor are a bit unique from the traditional nonprofit. The complexities that fiscal sponsors manage with the portfolios that they agree to support is there. However, oftentimes the funding resources and other resources might not be within the organizations. So our interest really came up from the opportunities that we've seen that we are all struggling with similar things. We are all rethinking how to reorganize our financial systems to provide better financial supports to our community. We are all struggling with our contracting tools. We are all struggling with our program management and oversight tools or weakness in in those areas. So what we would love, and that's why we Social Impact Exist, is to try to take that hard work out of fiscal sponsors so they could focus all of their attention on fiscal sponsees. We think about the betterness of fiscal sponsors and their optimization from the morning until the night. And that's really our interest is to see how co-management could be even more effective. And of course, there are some tools that don't work at all with fiscal, for fiscal sponsors. So instead of each and every fiscal sponsor figuring it out on their own, instead of each and fiscal sponsor looking at all of these fundraising tools and all of these payment processing tools, we really see our job as the synthesizers and helping to identify, well, this will work in these three cases and these tools will work in these other cases, but helping fiscal sponsors to minimize the amount of duplication of efforts and creating the tools that would help them is where our mind and our focus is for the community. For example, one of the tools that we developed and we negotiated with Sage Intact, a huge discount to really help optimize their financial system. So we have developed Sage Intact instance that could be repurposed for many fiscal sponsors. And we are a, an official partner of SIAP Sage Intact program to be able to implement that piece of software for our fiscal sponsorship community. So that's only one of the tools. So instead of each fiscal sponsor rethinking, what is our general ledger of accounts? What kind of dimensions do we need? What, how do we set up the interactions? What type of reports and how, do, how should the reports go out? All of that is somewhat preset for them. Even fiscal sponsorship fees allocations are preset for them and ready to be implemented for the organizations that choose to work with us. 
And moreover, a few organizations that are working with us right now, they're paying 10% of what it would cost them if they were direct stage intact uh, partner as well. So that's the beauty is we are able to use the power of network and power of our community at large to help move and advocate for some of the most specific and highest needs for the fiscal sponsors. And that's what we want to continue to do is work together with the National Network of Fiscal Sponsorship to really move this field forward and further develop and optimize. Yeah, I I definitely see you all as providing critical leverage and clarity for transformation, right? Like that's really where you all are coming in within the sector. And I, and I think that we could have this conversation for hours. We really could. I have so many more questions for you, but I wanted to turn to one question that we always ask our guests to help us continue to build knowledge through books and people we should learn from or about to close us out. What book do you think we should read next? Or what artist do you think we should be paying attention to? So I'm reading a book called Finance is Warfare by Michael Hudson, who is one of, I think, the most interesting economists working today. He's an opponent of neoliberalism in the Chicago School uh, and a historian of debt. And he basically, a lot of his work is showing how the deliberate exclusion of debt from most modern macroeconomic theories is why we have seen such an acceleration of economic disenfranchisement and difference. So it's it's the use of, of debt and financialization that has really accelerated the financial inequality globally and put us on a path to unsustained growth that at some point will certainly collapse and has collapsed in notable moments like in 2008. But curiously, we don't talk about debt in economic theory. And so uh, he's, I think, a real instrumental figure in thinking about how how we want to change our present deplorable state economically. I would recommend reading, just to follow up on the topic of today, and commenting either Eleanor Ostrom's Governing the Commons for your listeners is a great primer, as well as any of the work of David Bollier, B-O-L-L-I-E-R. He's a, a contemporary writer and authority on commenting and his work is very accessible. And I think to the nonprofit sector and fiscal sponsorship, even though he doesn't see that himself, but I, I think he, I think is very relevant. In my case, because I work with many organizations uh, with many of our members right now on change management, I can't not to recommend uh, leading to change by John Cotter because I think we need to continue to remind ourselves how to make an effective change within our own organizations and help our communities to improve and move further as well. On my personal level, I am focusing a lot right now on Ray Diallo and some of the other writings in the investment world because I feel that for-profit investment management is very similar and has a long history of tools and experiences that we could learn from and extrapolate and repurpose for the work of fiscal sponsorship and the portfolio management, especially. 
I think that's the area that I'm really interested in exploring is how is true key performance indicators that you apply for your portfolio and how do you track on who stays and who goes and so on. So that's really where my mind is at, is how to further enhance some of the tools that we already have built and how we could learn from others. Well, thank you both so much for sharing uh, these recommendations. We will definitely put them in the show notes so that people can access them and just continue their own learning. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I said it before, but we really could talk about fiscal sponsorship and the work that you all are doing for hours. And I'd love us to continue the conversation. Love to have you back to continue that conversation. I think it we really started off on a, a really good note and you've opened up a lot of concepts that I don't think people have necessarily put in the fiscal sponsorship space. And I would love to explore that a bit more and, and just bring that to our listeners. And again, the insight and knowledge that you both have shared here during our conversation has been really incredible. I really like how you talked about community and equitable design and bringing that to the forefront of the work that you're doing. And I think that everything you've shared is so practical that it's going to allow other leaders to build their organizations bravely. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. As we wrap up this conversation on fiscal sponsorship, we wanted to share more about Build Up Inc., a fiscal sponsor and member of the Build Up Companies. We encourage innovation and creativity, as well as require ideas that attempt to positively change or impact the world and bring unparalleled legal, strategic, and operational expertise and support to fiscal sponsorship. We also bring concepts and ideas to life and operationalize social and economic change. If you would like to explore how BuildUp Inc. can address your or your project-specific needs, we will add the link to schedule a discovery call in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nonprofit Buildup. To access the show notes, additional resources, and information on how you can work with us, please visit our website at buildupadvisory.com. We invite you to listen again next week as we share another episode about scaling impact by building infrastructure and capacity in the nonprofit sector. Keep building bravely.